And here we are for our fourth podcast of UK Cubs across the pond. Uh, name still pending. And uh, this one, it's just me. We haven't got uh, the lovely play-by-play commentator of Mike Ivory. You've just got the collar, the collar commentator of me. And uh, I've got a little special guest here today, guys, and that is uh, Baseball Brit, also known as uh, Joey. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself, Joey? Uh, yeah, sure, Joe. Um, I'm Joey uh, from Portsmouth, England, 35 years old now. Uh, love watching baseball. That's about it. Yeah. Um, so for many of you who do probably follow the page, also follow jo- jo- Joey, well, both baseball's Brit. And uh, how is that? How did that start for you? How did uh, the idea of uh, traveling, leaving your job and then traveling around to see baseball games start? I just kind of a lot of unfortunate coincidences and circumstances really I'd I'd worked in boarding schools for 10 years and never never had to pay rent because I was always living there at the weekends and working there at the weekends with rugby teams and boarding duties and stuff so I'd saved up a lot of money and uh, kind of hoped it would go on a wedding or on a mortgage or on a car you know stuff that most people my age have kind of got Um, but yeah I got dumped and uh, I'd already handed in my notice at the job so I just thought right I've got this money let's have a lovely year and you know kind of uh, have a have a nice time and uh, you know, start again in 12 months so that's what I did and I went and watched a lot of baseball because I got into it in Asia in, in Korea where I was living um, and I knew it made me happy so uh, grew up with movies as most of us did here in the UK watching Hollywood movies so always had like a, a road trip element um, of something that I'd like to do so merged the two together and eight months on the road at the best time of my life. I think you're living uh, the dream of many uh, people out there actually listening to this podcast. Um, yeah. So for yourself, uh, have you got any teams you're supporting right now? Uh, I'm a Royals fan since 20, 2017 or 2018. I forget which year it was. A uh, fairly recent Royals fan. Uh, dated a girl from Kansas City and uh, really like the area, the barbecue, the people, pace of life there, uh, the ballpark, Kauffman Stadium and the team. So... Yeah, they're my team, and uh, they've been dreadful since since I since I've been following them. Um, but uh, in Korea, I was an LG Twins fan. In Japan, where I saw my first game, I was Oryx Buffaloes. So I've got a few teams. Uh, I'd say the Royals are probably they're probably now like my second favorite team behind the LG Twins in Korea. And uh, and like just for a fan basis, what is the difference between uh, Japan like, like being in the stands in Japan compared to the American stands? Japan, it's it's very organised in terms of crowd cheering. There's lots of brass instruments. Um, uh, away fans travel as well, so they kind of have their own cheer section of things. Little segments of the of the ballpark. Korea, where I you know where I live for four years, there they don't have the brass instruments as much, but they've got like um, kind of cheer cheer masters, which tend to be blokes, and uh, like a DJ, and then they've got four cheerleaders, like two either side of this like cheer master, uh, and they they dance on. Um, like a little stand and stuff and it's 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 crazy like home fans go first base side away fans go third base side Korea is pretty small and it's got a great public transport system so there's loads of away fans traveling at weekends in particular uh, almost to the point where it's kind of 50 50 at times so that's that's very different to the states where it, I'd say it's about 90 95 percent home fans and uh, there's a lot more stuff I'd say in the states in between innings uh, but not as much noise during the innings, maybe because people are watching more intently or maybe because they're, they're just kind of walking around the ballparks. There's a lot more to see and do there. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me today, I wanted to bring up Wrigley Field 
as a, as a massive, massive Cubs fan, I think it's uh, probably the most beautiful stadium out there comparing it to the other, uh, other 30 stadiums. And I just wanted to hear about your experiences on, on, on Wrigley. Yeah, sure. So Chicago, to be honest, Jay, was a place I was dreading going to uh, last, last year when I was on the road for all this time. And that's just because, not because Chicago is not a great place to be, it's one of the best cities in the States, but uh, it's so expensive. Um, and I had a car and lots of the kind of downtown hotels, even like the cheaper hotels, like two-star, three-star hotels, just for parking the car, you're looking, you know, $30, 35 $40 um, at, those, at those types of places. Um, so I, I kept delaying my trip to Chicago because I couldn't work out logistically or economically how I could justify it. So what I did in the end was I flew in from I flew in from Dallas, Texas, and got a cheap last minute flight. And a lady, a really kind lady called Stephanie, had messaged me on Twitter in my DMs, just saying, "Hey, I live in downtown Chicago. I've got a big apartment. There's a there's an office. I can blow up a bed in there, and you can you can stay in my office if that's all right with you." This was the first time a lady had ever DM'd me like with with an offer of accommodation, like. Um, a few times on the trip, I had, you know, blokes message and say, hey, you know, you, you stay in my basement or, you know, whatever, you can stay in the spare room. So yeah. once once I'd sorted out that I had I had somewhere to stay and I'd worked out a way not to have to pay for the car, I flew in from from the Dallas Fort Worth, about two, two and a half hour flight. And uh, the plan was to do double headers. I, I know this is a Cubs podcast, so I probably really shouldn't mention the White Sox, but it, the two... Yeah. The two days I saw the Cubs, it was actually yeah. the lunchtime game. And then I'd go and do a double header in the south side that night. So I, I saw four games in Chicago in two days and uh, then flew out. Uh, no, I didn't actually. I went up to Milwaukee. I met a bloke who, who worked outside Wrigley uh, in a bar. He was the manager of this bar, which is right outside Wrigley called Yaxies. And uh, my mate Andy was staying with him. They'd met randomly at the Field of Dreams in Iowa. My mate Andy's a painter, an artist. And... Yeah. Uh, this guy, Dan, who was the manager of this bar opposite Wrigley, was uh, about to take a job in South Carolina to be like the, the manager of the Shoeless Joe Jackson Museum. Uh, all of this is just a big coincidence. So uh, after Chicago, I went up to, to Milwaukee and saw the Brewers and then came back. But uh, yeah, I had a good, uh, a good few days there in, uh, in Illinois and Wisconsin. It's, it's, uh, it's a, I think it's a, a major difference when you look at uh, baseball ballparks and uh, you've got like your east and your west and I think it's more hardcore fans but when you go to like the central sides and I think you'll know this as well being a, a Kansas City fan it's it's very much like a, more of a family element to the stadium. Yeah Wrigley just talking about it as a ballpark it's uh, it was packed both days I went I went on a Friday August the 23rd against the Nationals and that was a lunchtime game and then I went on the Saturday as well and um, it was so hard to get a ticket. The first day, I didn't have a ticket because I'm an idiot. And I just walked up to the to the window and asked, you know, can I get, you know, what's your cheapest ticket? And they said the cheapest ticket for a seat is in the bleachers. I was like, oh, brilliant. I love the bleachers. It was $84. I was like, you're kidding me, right? It's a Friday lunchtime. Like, what's going on? Um, so I, I couldn't justify $84. So I ended up getting the cheapest overall ticket, which is a standing ticket, which I think was about 20, 26 or $28. So that that meant I was only allowed in certain sections of the ballpark. So I've not actually Wrigley's one of the few ballparks where I've not really experienced the whole, um, you know, the whole kind of sense of where to sit. I didn't go in the outfield because I couldn't afford it. And uh, I stood up on the first level or second level, I think it was. And there was a line and I wasn't allowed in front of that line. The stewards there were really strict. 
but uh, the second day, I went with a local Cubs fan uh, called Tina, and she had a spare ticket and very kindly messaged to say, hey, you know, my friend can't come, like, you know, if you don't mind sitting with me. And that was up down the, the first base side, high up, um, down by the foul pole on the first base uh, side so that was that was much better because I could kind of see the sky and I could see the you know the pop-ups and you know the um you know the big hits and things because when you're standing on that first level you're you're blocked from seeing from seeing the sky by the by the you know by the stadium uh, roof and stuff but uh you've got that incredible ivy in the outfield and it's it's definitely like one of the most picture perfect ballparks that I've seen anywhere in the world in terms of the wow factor and the history of it um and the atmosphere was incredible. Like, as I said, it was so busy both days. You could barely, I didn't buy any food or drink either, e- either day, um, which is really unusual just because the, the lines were so big and I didn't want to miss, I didn't want to miss too much of the action, but, uh, certainly you've got the lawn outside as well with the big screen, lots of families and kids kind of being able to throw the ball around and have a good time there. That's uh, that's a fun space, but, uh, certainly visually one of the most impressive in, in the world that I've seen. And I'm just talking about um, just you exploring. I remember seeing you uh, at the London series, and I think on that the last game you just you just went around the whole uh, whole of the the West Ham Stadium. You just explored um, explored around, and you were looking at different seats and stuff at the time. I remember seeing that. So for you, exploring the ballpark is very important for yourself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it often is. I think that time the London series one, I had a I had a seat, but it was it was down low, and I don't like sitting down low. Um, you know, particularly when you're boxed in, I really don't like, you know, I'm kind of agoraphobic, so I don't like being boxed in or anything. So if I ever get a seat like that, then I'll tend to just walk around until I can find another seat where there's a bit more space or I'm at the end of the Nile or something. But uh, I do like to walk around. I like to, you know, see all the different restaurants and food options and, and things. Um, Wrigley, though, because it was my first ever time there, I was more focused on just sat and, you know, sitting and watching the team anyway. So, yeah. you know, the two days I had there, I was very fortunate that I was able just to, you know, focus on the games. The Cubs lost both games I was there, but uh, saw John Lester pitch the first day I was there and then uh, Quintano pitched on the second day. And it was players' day weekend, so they were, I didn't really see the classic Cubs jerseys. They were playing in those weird, like, Stormtrooper whites and then the Darth Vader blacks in the Nationals. So that was kind of a bit odd, but, uh, you know, the Cubs logo is one of the best logos out there. And, uh I just wish I'd seen you Darvish pitch. He's one of my favorite pitches, you know, getting into Japanese baseball and stuff, but uh, still an exciting team, I think. And that NL Central would have been, you know, a really close call this season if it had gone ahead with the Reds and the, the Cardinals and the Brewers, uh, not not so much the Pirates. But uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's one of those kind of uh, ballparks that's on everyone's list. And, you know, you, you've got to get there. It's a yeah, must see. I, I think for myself, it's just one of them, same as Fenway. It's, uh, it's such an iconic thing. And it sort of bugs me on how many new stadiums are being built to bring in fans when you've got these two iconic stadiums that always will guarantee fans coming in. And I think sometimes it's not about you having this attract, like bringing up the new stadiums to bring fans. And I think it's just about having a, a, an identity behind your team. So you, with Red Sox, you've got you've got your green monster wall, and then the Cubs have got the ivy. So I think that's a very key element. Yeah, really, like something else that's really cool about about the Cubs ballpark is that it's in an area of the city where you can tell it's like an actual neighbourhood, a real-life neighbourhood. It's not like out in a big car park, you know, 10 miles outside of downtown or anything. Um, it's in, you know, it's in Wrigleyville. You get off the tube station at Addison and you kind yeah. of walk down. There's throngs of people, there's bars and there's restaurants. 
Um, and you get the sense that this is a real lived in place. It's not just, you know, a generic ballpark that's been built on the, on the edge of town or something. Uh, and that's really fun as well because you get to sample, you know, some, uh, I guess, the real Chicago as well as like the actual ballpark and the, and the baseball. You kind of get to experience the city as well. Yeah, um, for myself, just we had a question brought in um, and it was about your favourite Cubs uniform. Uh, self, obviously, you didn't get City. You saw them in the uh, the Players Weekend uniform. But for yourself, what would be uh, your favourite one? There's a couple. There's one I don't like, but there's two I really like. Uh, I like the blue, yeah, you know, the blue jersey with the with the big badge. But you know, for me, I think the pinstripes, the home the home whites with the pinstripes, is still the best one. I don't like the one that says Chicago across the grey. Yeah, uh, nah. I just think it, it it's just got nothing special about it or, you know, very cool about it. But the other two um, are really good. And off the top of my head, they're the only three I can think of, Joe. So if you've got, are there any others? Um, They've more or less stuck with them three. It's the, I think it's one of them classics you can't really mess around with. And Have you got a Cubs jersey? Yeah, I've got, I've got the, the pinstripe. So the 2016 uh, World yeah. Series winners one, they had it oh, in wow. gold. So I had yeah. to get that one. Um, just who you got on the back Rizzo Rizzo classic yeah number 44 I think I've got a Rizzo jersey Um, I really like Anthony Rizzo he seems like a nice bloke as well I think he's from down in Florida and he's doing a lot of fundraising for everything that's going on at the minute which uh, you know it's really admirable stuff no I think I think he's a he's a player of a you know he's a team player and he's about the city which is brilliant to see Mm. and I think uh, many teams need that sometimes actually yeah he seems happy to be there that's always nice to see he started playing for the Cubs and we're losing 100 games a year. So he, he's uh, he's been there through the worst and then to the best. So I think his number should be retired. And I think many fans should, will agree with me for that one. Wow. But for yourself, jo- uh, Joey, um, when it when it came to the like traveling, you came down on the tube and stuff. How was that experience before like you walked into the ballpark? Because I think for many fans, that's always uh, something that people always say. You never forget your first time entering a stadium. So what was that like for you? I was I was surprised by by it to be honest. It's it wasn't something I'd, I'd experienced anything similar to. You know, the closest thing I could really put it towards is like um, I live in Portsmouth, and you know we've got Fratton Park, which is built in 1898 or something. And uh, you get the train into there. A lot of people do, and you kind of come off the train, and there's throngs of people, and there's smells, and you know noise and excitement, and you kind of pack shoulder to shoulder almost. It was like that. Uh, getting out of Addison Tube Station, there were a couple of exits and, you know, both were absolutely packed. You've got all these people selling stuff, you know, cheerily kind of, you know, trying to sell you water and uh, stuff before you go in. Um, and it's it's kind of like an old fashioned English football atmosphere as you as you approach the ballpark anyway, which yeah. which is unusual in the States. I, you know, at least I found it was. That's that's kind of nice to hear, actually. I think that that for many uh, people listening who haven't actually got a team, I think that I found that for myself as well when I was uh, growing up, going to Wrigley. It, it felt very much more like a football game. And I think for people who haven't got a team decided yet, I think that was potentially a way of them getting into baseball, having a yeah. different atmosphere from other teams. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're listening and you're thinking, you know, which ballpark should you support, there's, there's three great reasons to support the Cubs. You know, one, uh, they've got one of the best ballparks in the whole world. You know, visually anyway. Uh, two, um, they've got. For yourself, you, would you would you go back to a uh, to Wrigley? Uh, if there was like a dream matchup at Wrigley, what would you uh, go and see? 
I mean, Wrigley for me, like the, as I mentioned earlier, the only thing that puts me off going back is just the, the fact Chicago is so expensive. And, you know, with a car, it's not easy for me to, you know, to park that. But if you could literally just drop me there and then, you know, I could get beamed up or something after the game, then, yeah, of course, I'd love to get back there. Um, it's got, you know, that fantastic neighborhood and uh, really passionate, knowledgeable you know, fans, as you'd expect when there's a 10 year waiting list for, you know, for season tickets. So many afternoon games, at least the afternoon games for us, you know, evening games, early evening games for us, sorry, but afternoon games in the USA. So it's it's a team that you can genuinely, if you get the MLB um, app and you can watch these games, it's a team that you can see most of their games throughout the season for, which is very difficult for most other teams. Um, and then, you know, thirdly, you've just got, uh, you know, the kind of history and then the 2016 World Series and, uh, I can't remember what the third one was, actually. I've just made that one up on the spot, Joe. But uh, there, there were definitely three good reasons. But, well, Jersey's great as well. So there you go. I was um, watching uh, Trevor Bauer. He's got his little YouTube channel. And he he went. Uh, he was watching the Cubs at spring training. He actually went off to watch them play. And he, he was uh, he was going, I'm going to try and... Spe- uh, be, it's going to be cheap, hopefully, um, getting tickets and everything. And he actually did the same thing. He avoided... He, he drove as far as he could from the stadium. To, to avoid paying for the parking and that's not even at Wrigley so he, even he a, a professional baseball player knows that you're going to spend your money when you when it comes to parking and, and bringing a car in for a, a Cubs game yeah it's just one of those things and uh you know they'll get you outside as well I went to a fantastic barbecue restaurant you know directly opposite called uh, Smoke Daddy Barbecue and uh had a you know had a couple of miller lights in there and you know some nice barbecue food because you know that's what i got into on the trip but uh yeah it's going to cost you going to wrigley but it's definitely worth it and uh, if you've never been you've got to do it now um it's just uh for myself it's um if if i was uh unfortunately you didn't get any food but like just just walking around like to the toilets and stuff or like if you did get a chance to move around while you're sitting there was there like anything if there was one thing you could have bought, food-wise, drink-wise, what would it have been to make it more of a Wrigley, Wrigley Field experience? I'm just going back through through my photos from my time there just to kind of see, because I did take some photos of the... Oh, uh, yeah, I guess it would just would have been, you know, they. I'm a pretty simple bloke, so I'd, I'd have just liked to have a Chicago dog. Um, I know Chicago dogs, by reputation, are somewhat different to, you know, Dodger dogs and Fenway Franks and stuff, so... Yeah, it'd be nice to have a Chicago dog, I think. And uh, yeah, but the queues were so busy. It must have been a special weekend or something, Joe, because uh, both days, I couldn't believe it. It was like two of the busiest games I went to the whole the whole year. And I think it's always like that at Wrigley. You know, they've got such high demand. People were saying that, you know, there's a there's a super long waiting list for season tickets. I think someone said it might be like 10 years or something to get. Yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. I think... You just never know when the Cubs are going to be winners or losers, so you might as well put your uh, your name in the hat for a season ticket. Yeah, I really wish I'd sat in the bleachers though, because that's you know that's what I've been told is like you know the most Chicago experience is being in those bleacher seats. People kind of rush in as soon as the gates open, and I think it's free seating within the bleachers, so you can choose what row you're in. And yeah. then of course you've got like you know the reputation of the Cubs fans in the bleachers for throwing the home run balls back and things when the opposition hit them. So. Um, yeah, it's a shame I wasn't able to get out there, but uh, I was so you know so grateful to Tina on the on the Saturday for letting me sit with her, and uh, you know it's just a beautiful ballpark to watch a game in. Um, for myself, just if you could describe Wrigley in, in three words, how would you describe it? Oh, jeez, Joe, that's put me on the spot. Uh, I guess historic, 
tight like the seats like you're, you're really close to people like it's uh what's a better word for that historic close i'd say um memorable it's one you'll never forget and and just talking about yourself now um what what is your future plans with baseball coming up um jeez. So uh, obviously uh you had you spent a couple you spent a year out watching baseball have you got this obviously not possible right now with everything going on but what is your future plans everything i've got no future plans joe um everything even before you know all the awful stuff that's happening at the minute i didn't really know exactly what was going to happen um i made quite a lot of good contacts you know friends mostly whilst i was whilst i was out in the states and there was interest in doing some you know doing some work this year with with, with baseball i'm not sure whether that would have actually happened or not but uh, i was hoping to make some income from you know continuing to follow my passion which is which is you know watching and telling people about baseball but now I'm now I'm finishing writing a book about everything that happened off the road, as much as um, on the road last last year. Because it wasn't just about baseball. I was I was in the states for about 180 days. There were so many weird things that happened uh, in the small towns and cities, and scrapes and bars and restaurants and um, gas stations and things. People I met, people I stayed with, basements and all that stuff. So um, that's what I'm doing now. Just finishing up this book. It's a really bad time again to be handing in brick proposals to uh, literary agents. So, trying to find, just trying to ride this out, you know, this coronavirus stuff out personally from a health point of view. I've got a pre existing health condition. So, I've been self isolating for about three or four weeks now since, you know, my mates in Korea kind of warned me. They said, hey, it's coming. It's going to be pretty bad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, Joe. Probably go back to teaching. Uh, realistically because yeah. I'm, I'm going to need a job soon enough and uh, yeah, I've wasted all my sa- well not wasted and invested all my savings now and having a great time so I've got to do something but uh, if any opportunity comes up in baseball once the season starts or next season then you know I'd still hope that I could I could get back out there and just uh, talking about your book there have you named your books uh, for when hopefully you do get your uh, a bit being published um I had named it, yeah, but I'm not sure it's really that appropriate now. Like, it's called, well, it was called One American Summer. Yeah. Um, and I guess without realizing it, it's going to be the last, the last book that tells stories of, of America, not just baseball, but America before all this awful stuff happened. Yeah. I don't think, I, I don't think there'll be a season this year as we know it. I think there might be games in facilities in camps without fans and stuff like that. But uh, I don't think there'll be, you know, baseball in every city with fans able to attend in, in, in the way that we've known. So um, I'm not really sure One American Summer is a good title for it now. But uh, yeah, I'll see what the literary agent says. I mean, they can change all that stuff. I'm, I'm pretty open about that, you know, whatever they, they think is most appropriate. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of odd to reflect on it and think that could have been the last the last year of, you know of baseball as we all you know kind of grew up before everything changed yeah I mean, just just uh as you were saying you had some weird and wonderful stories off the road and just uh talk about that for you any uh weird stories that you had it was mostly like i got into college football towards the end and that was pretty wild down in new orleans yeah. uh went out with uh i'm not sure if i'm allowed to say this but <laughs> a local businessman who may or may not be high up in the mafia um they were driving into tornadoes in louisiana surrounded by alligator filled bayous and running into a small town i was covered i was trembling and you know sort of i I had to run into this town and say where am i you know can i have a whiskey can you tell me where i am 
and uh, you know the, the barmaid was 21 she was like do you know you're crying I was like no and I was crying because of this tornado I was so scared like I, I generally thought I was going to die that day I couldn't see anything out the front windshield had my head out the window with my glasses on branch of a tree whistled straight over my head I was driving right on the in the middle of the road so I could hear you know when you drive in the middle of the road you've got those cat eye things that kind of rumble against your car wheel yeah I was driving there just so I knew I wasn't going into the into the lagoons either side of the bayous but uh yeah lots of people I stayed with I mean that's the good thing the story um I randomly stayed with a guy in Atlanta who was the vice president of the Falcons which is the NFL team there stayed stayed above his garage for three days got to know him and his family um lots of cool little things like that really so um yeah, that's really what the book's going to try and focus on. Because I know everyone's not into baseball, and I want this book really to be a hook where people like adventure or road trips or they want to learn about the American people. And, you know, by reading it, they kind of think, oh, baseball might be quite fun as well if they're not already into it. It, it sounds uh, amazing, just the stories you've had and experiences. Um, I remember when you first put out your list of uh, games you were going to see, it wasn't just uh, Major League Baseball games you were looking at. It was uh, my, uh, uh, Independent League Baseball as well. Um, so what's your experience with that comparing? Yeah, to- well, I know you went to uh, Gary Selshaw Railcats, didn't you, a while back with your with your mum? Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Yeah, yeah. So you've had a little taste of it as well, but you know, it's it's completely different, really. It's it's much smaller. Um, you get a lot closer to the action. You get a sense. A lot of these independent ballparks are on the edges of big cities or in smaller cities or smaller towns. So you kind of get a nice feel for you know for America as a as a whole country rather than if you're just flying into Florida or, you know, New York or LA or something like people do for holidays. So it gives you a nice broader understanding of the people and the, the mindset and the politics and the country. And, you know, independent ball, a lot of the leagues are of a much higher standard than people may expect. You know, I'd say the Atlantic League, the top independent leagues, probably roughly uh, high, high double A, low triple A. And then you've got the American Association where you went with the Gary Southshore Railcats, which is, I'd say, double A, low double A, high A advanced level. And uh, a lot of these people are on their kind of last chances. They've either, you know, done naughty stuff when they were with affiliated baseball, like, uh, you know, failed drugs test or whatever. Um, or they've, you know, kind of come to the game late and developed much later. Um, or they've just not been given a chance often by uh, by by their MLB team. So, uh, yeah, you get a lot of stories there. People ch- still chasing their dreams and stuff. And, yeah, it's always interesting to hear those people and support them in um, in following their dreams still. It's, it's kind of a nice scene. It's, it's like you're seeing a real passion for these players. It is there. You do see, You do feel there. This is it for them. Yeah, it's uh, a passion. It's a struggle at yeah. times. And yeah, they're, you know, they're putting it all on the line and they don't have jobs the rest of the year. So, you know, they do this for five, five, six months independent baseball and then they're working part-time jobs. They're still trying to keep fit. They're coaching in high schools, whatever. You know, they've still got this dream that they, they feel is unfulfilled and they want to chase. And, uh, I find them fascinating people and I find the teams, you know, they do fantastic work for these, for these smaller communities as well, which is the most important thing. No, yeah, it's a, it's an experience. If you, if you can make it out to uh, America, uh, I would, I would always say go and see an independent baseball game just, just for the experience of it. Um, And it's easy as well, because you don't really know anything about them. So it's easy to join the team. It's an, you're not offending anyone if you go for the away fans either. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind yeah. of nice. Parking's cheaper, beer's cheaper. What more can you want? Yeah. Ideally, don't drive if you're drinking. But uh, yeah, the beer is cheaper. <laughs> independent ballpark. So yeah, yeah. Get get there on a Thursday, Thursday, and enjoy yourself. <laughs> the Cubs Cardinals London series game. 
Um, but if you were going to it, which team would you be supporting? Oh boy! I mean, I know it's not happening, uh, but so this is a tough one to kind of. I think for me as an outsider, I'm a Royals fan. Uh, yeah. The Kansas City Royals play in Missouri, so do the Cardinals. So they should be a rival of mine. But I quite, you know, the Cardinals have been really nice to me when I was on the road last year. So I'd probably support the Cardinals one day, and then. If Darvish was pitching, then I'd, I'd definitely support the Cubs, but I'd probably do one one day, one the other, which is such a, a wet answer. But uh, if Darvish was pitching, like, yeah, then he's the guy. But if Michaelis, Miles Michaelis, I really like him for the Cardinals as well. Yeah. He pitched in Japan. So, um, yeah, ideally, Michaelis would pitch one day, Darvish the other, and I'd, you know, have a nice time both days. Are there quite a lot of UK Cubs fans then? Have you and Mike kind of found or not? It's, uh, we're finding more and more. Uh, we've, we've discovered a Facebook page that's been up and running as well that we're, we're not uh, officiated with. Oh, that's cool. Um, but we want to uh, hopefully start that contact up with them. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, we're growing. I think thanks to you as well. We've always, uh, you're, you're great for plugging all these accounts as well. Just uh, with, with updates of followers and stuff. Um, we, we've got our, we've got a big fan base. Like a, we've got a little hardcore group of people that do support us. And we do thank you for that. And um, that's all right, Joe. Yeah, no worries. Uh, John McKenzie from Absolute Bunts. I think he's a Cubs fan, isn't he? Yeah, we've we we spoke before as well um, at the London series. London series was great. We just it was nice to meet up with just people and hear their stories about being a Cubs fan or whatever team they supported. Normally, it was me giving them grief if they weren't a Cubs fan, um, <laughs> <laughs> especially after the, uh, that that Friday. After the uh, the bat uh, the the batting practice session, I think that was a little fun day for everyone. Yeah, I bet. Hey, Joe, uh, like, like as a Cubs fan, would you rather if you only had one choice of like you could either beat beat the Cardinals or you could beat the White Sox? Who are you choosing to you know to beat? Uh, beat the White Sox. Yeah, for you, like you know, growing up there, that's that's a more important one for you, is, is it? A more, is a more, it's just a family thing. So uh, half my family's White Sox, half my family's Cubs. Oh boy! So your mum's Cubs, right? So who's yeah. who's White Sox? Uh, my grandmother and her side of the family. Ah, uh, so. I see. It's have you very... been there? Yeah, I've been to both. Um, yeah. And I think I think White Sox is more appealing for like the fans in between innings, but the Cubs have got more of the interesting thing when the baseball's actually happening. Yeah, the White Sox ballpark is like I'd heard really bad things about it before I got there last last summer, but it's fine. It's nice. Like uh, I actually enjoyed it uh, there, to be honest. And there's a bit more space you can kind of walk around a little bit more. But uh, yeah, you're right. Like it hasn't got the prestige of the Cubs or whatever. So uh, you know, when you're at Wrigley, I just wanted to be in my seat the whole time, just kind of concentrating on this incredible kind of artwork in front of me with the all the you know all those fancy seats you've got on on the roofs as well like uh, yeah. outside the ballpark across the street you've got stands it's so cool like it's so it's very unique what's what's going on there really I, I found with the ivy and all that stuff so yeah I think you've made a good decision then Joe personally but uh, I'd be a White Sox fan I'm gonna say it I would be a White Sox fan I think just because it's it's a bit cheaper and a bit uh, you know it's you can always get a ticket there which is which is good and you don't want to move away from the DH as well. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I got into the DH with the Rangers, and then the you know with the the Royals, my team. So uh, yeah, the DH is. I like the difference though between the two. I'll be sad like when the NL moves to the DH because I think that's that's going to happen whether people like it or not. But uh, I've always appreciated like you know the, the you know the differences in strategy and things between the two leagues and 
uh, as a Zach Greinke fan, like he can hit. So when he's in the National League, I always enjoy seeing Zach Greinke hit when he's at the plate or not hit a lot of the time. But uh... I, mean, I think there's more fun with a, a, a pitcher hitting a home run than a, when a Bartolo Colon hit his home run. I think that's going to live with so many people watching that game live. Yeah, yeah, that's a classic memory, sure. And you can't really take them away, can you? No, but I think they're going to. I, I do yeah. think it'll be the DH universal DH soon, but uh, hopefully not. Hopefully not too soon. No, uh, yeah, I think it'll ruin, it could ruin the game a bit. I think. Um, if if you could take on your Royals team one Cubs player, who would you be taking? Oh, mate! Like we need our starting pitching. All of our pitching basically is not great. Uh, I think our opening day starter last year, you know, Brad Keller. He's a Rule Five draft pick. I mean. You know, no offense to Brad, he's one of my favorite pitchers on the team, but uh, we shouldn't be having a rule five draft pick as our opening day starter. So I'd take Darvish. Um, yeah. absolutely loved watching Darvish when he was with the Rangers. All of the Rangers games were shown on Korean TV, so I watched a lot of Darvish and, and Cole Hamels when uh, when I was watching it and getting into it in Korea four or five years ago. So I'd take Darvish, you know, position player, I'd probably take, I mean. The Royals really need a first baseman. We've got Ryan O'Hearn at first base at the minute, and you know he's not he's not brilliant. So I'd, I'd take Anthony, I think, or An- yeah. Anthony, as like the Americans call him, An- Anthony, I think. Yeah. Not Anthony. Um, I think f- it's yeah. Um, I find it funny how he's just nicknamed Tony. Um, Tony, yeah. Yeah. Just on the back of his shirt for our players' weekends, just got Tony written on it. <laughs> um, no, thank you for uh, for doing this today. Um, for uh, people out there, uh, please follow. If you haven't yet, uh, please do follow uh, Baseball Brit on Twitter. Are you on Facebook as well? Is you... No, I don't use Facebook. I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I'm on Instagram, but I only really do that when I'm on the road, and that's yeah. the Baseball Brit. So, yeah, uh, f- but thank you again for coming, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening.